Cantos 37 to 39 of Book 2 of the Ramayan of Balmiki, translated by Ralph T. H. Griffith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Om123. Canto 37 The Coats of Bark. Thus spake the virtuous sage, and then Rama addressed the king of man. In laws of meek behavior bred, thus to his sire he meekly said, King, I renounce all outly care and leave me notes on woodland fair, what that to joys have I to do with lordly trade and retinue? Who gives his elephant and yet upon the gods his heart will set? How can a cord attract his eyes who gives away the nobler prize? Best of the good would me be led, no host my king with banners spread. All wealth, all lordship I resign, the hermit's dress alone be mine. Before I go, have here conveyed a little basket and a spade. With these alone I go, content, for fourteen years of banishment. With her own hands, Gaike took the hermit coats of bark, and, look, she cried with bold unblushing brow, before the concourse, dressed in now. That lion leader of the brave took from her hand the dress she gave, cast his fine raiment on the ground, and round his waist the vest your bound. Then quick the hero Lakshman too, his garment from his shoulders trio, and in the presence of his sire, endured the ascetic's rough attire. But Sita, in her silks arrayed, threw glances, trembling and afraid, on the bark coat she had to wear, like a shy doe that eyes the snare. Ashamed and weeping for distress, from the queen's hand she took the dress, the fair one by her husband's side, who matched heaven's minstrel mourner, cried, How bind they on their woodland dress, those hermits of the wilderness? There stood the pride of Janak's race, perplexed, with sad appealing face, one coat the lady's finger grasped, one round her neck she feebly clasped, but failed again, again confused, by the wild garb she never had used, then quickly hastening Rama pride, of all who cherish virtue tied, the rough bark mantle on her over, the silken raiment that she wore. Then the sad women, when they saw Rama the choice bark round her draw, rained water from each tender eye, and cried aloud with bitter cry, Oh, not on her beloved not, on Sita falls thy mournful lot, if, faithful to thy father's will, thou must go forth, leave Sita still. Let Sita, still remaining here, our hearts with her loved presence cheer, which Luxman by thy side to aid, seek thou, dear son, the lonely shade, unmeet, one good and fair as she, should dwell in woods a devotee. Let not our prayers be prayed in vain, let beauteous Sita yet remain, for by thy love of duty tied, thou wilt not here thyself abide. Then the king's venerable guide, Bashista, when he saw its coat, and closed the lady's waist and throat, her chill with gentle words repressed, and Queen Keike does it rest. O evil-hearted Sina, shame, of royal Keike's rest and name, who matchless in thy sin couldst cheat, the lord, the king, with vile deceit, lost to all sense of duty, no, Sita to exile shall not go, Sita shall guard, as it were her own, the precious trust of Rama's throne, those joined by wedlock's sweet control, have but one self and common soul, thus Sita shall our empress be, 
for Rama's self and soul is she. Or if she steal to Rama cleave, and for the Uts the kingdom leave, if not her loving heart debtor, we and this town will follow her. The warders of the queen shall take their wives and go for Rama's sake. The nation with its stores of grain, the city's wealth, shall swell his train. Varad, Satrugna, both will wear, bark metals and his lodging share, steal with the elder brother dwell, in the wildwood, and serve him well. Rest here alone, and rule thy state, unpeopled, barren, desolate. Be empress of the land and trees, thou Sina, whom our sorrows please. The land which Rama reigns not over, shall bear the kingdom's name no more. The woods which Rama wenders through, shall be our home and kingdom too. Varad Bisyor will never deign, over realms his father yields to reign. Nay, if the king's true son he be, he will not, sunlike, dwell with thee. Nay, shouldst thou from the art arise, and send a message from the skies, to his forefather's custom true, no erring course would he pursue. So hast thou, by thy grievous fault, offended him thou wouldst exalt. In all the world none draws his breath, who loves not Rama true to death. This day, O queen, shalt thou behold, birds, deer, and beasts from lee and fold, turn to the woods in Rama's train, and not save longing trees remain. Canto 38 Care for Kaushalya Then, when the people wrought and said, saw Sita in bark vesture clad, the wedded like some widowed thing, they cried out, Shame upon thee, king! Grieved by their cry and angry look, the lord of art at once forsook all hope in life that still remained, in duty, self, and fame unstained. Ikshaku's son, with burning sighs, on Queen Keike bent his eyes, and said, But Sita must not flee, in garments of a devotee. My holy guide has spoken truth, unfit is she in tender youth, so gently nurtured, soft and fair, the hardships of the wood to share. How has she sinned, devout and true, the noblest monarch's child, that she should go up or bark in dew, and journey to the wild? that she should spend her youthful days amid a hermit band, like some poor mendicant who strays, sore troubled through the land. Ah, let the child of Janak throw her dress of bark aside, and let the royal lady go, with royal wealth supplied. Not such the pledge I gave before, unfit to linger here. The oath which I, the Sina, swore, is kept and leaves her clear. One from a childlike love, this too, my instant death would be, as blossoms on the old bamboo, destroy the parent tree. If aught amiss by Ramadan, often thee, O thou wicked one, what least transgression canst thou find, in her, thou worst of womankind? What shade of fault in her appears, whose full soft eye is like the deer's? What canst thou blame in Janak's child, so gentle, modest, true, and mild? Is not one crime complete that sent my Rama forth to banishment? And wilt thou other sins commit, thou wicked one, to double it? This is the pledge and what I swore, what thou besottest, and no more, of Rama, for I heart thee, dame, when he for consecration came, now with this limit not content, in hell should be thy punishment, who fain the metal bride wouldst press, to clothe her limbs with hermit dress. Thus spake the father in his war, and Rama, still prepared to go, to him who sat with drooping head, 
spake and returned these words and said just king here stands my mother dear kaushalya one whom all revere submissive gentle old is she and keeps her lips from blame of thee for her kind lord of me bereft is he overwhelming always left o oh, show her in her new distress still fond love and tenderness well honoured by thine honoured hand her grief for me let her withstand who wrapped in constant thought of me in me who live a devotee Pia of Mahendra, O oh, to her be kind, and treat, I pray, my gentle mother so, that when I dwell of her, her life resigned, she may not pass to Yama's realm for awe. Canto 39. Counsel to Sita Scarce had the sire, with its dear queen, her drama's pleading voice and seen, his darling in his hermit dress, ere failed his senses for distress. Convulsed with war, his soul that shook, on Ragu's son he could not look, or if he looked with failing eye, he could not to the chief reply. By pangs of bitter grief assailed, the long-armed monarch wept and wailed, half dead a while and sore distraught, while drama filled his every thought. This hand of mine in days ere now has reft her young from many a cow, all living things has idly slain. Hence comes I ween this hour of pain. Not till the hour is come to die can from its shell the spirit fly. Death comes not and Kaike's steel torments the wretch she cannot kill, who sees his son before him quit the fine soft robes his rank that feet, and glorious as the burning fire in hermit grab his limbs attire. Now all the people grieve and groan through Queen Kaike's deed alone. Who, having dared this deed of sin, strives for herself the gain to win? He spoke with tears; his eyes grew dim; his senses all deserted him. He cried, "O Rama, once, then weak and fainting, could no farther speak. Unconscious there he lay, at length regathering his sense and strength, while his full eyes their torrents shed. To wise Sumatra, thus he said: Yoke the light car and heed a lead." Fleet courses of the noblest breed, and drive this air of lofty fate beyond the limit of the state. This seems the fruit that virtues bear, the meed of war to its text declare, the sending of the brave and good by sire and mother to the wood. He heard the monarch and obeyed, with ready feet the devil delayed, and brought before the palace gate the horses and the car of state. Then to the monarch's son he sped. And raising hands of reverence, said, "The delight car, which gold made fair, with best of steeds, was standing there." King Dasarath called in haste, the Lord over all his treasures placed, and spoke, well skilled in place and time, his will to him, the void of crime. Count all the years she has to live, afar in forest wilds, and give to Sita robes and gems of price. As for the time may well suffice, quick to the treasure room he went, charged by that king most excellent, brought the rich stores and gave them all to Sita in the monarch's hall. The metal dame of high descent received its robe and ornament, and tricked those limbs whose lines foretold high destiny with gems and gold. So well adorned, so fair to view, a glory through the hall she trill. So when the Lord of Light upsprings, His radiance over the sky he flings, 
Then Queen Cauchelia spake at last, with loving arms about her cast, pressed lingering kisses on her head, and to the high-souled lady said, Ah, in this faithless world below, when dark misfortune comes and war, wives, loved and cherished every day, neglect their lords and disobey. Yes, so much nature still is this, after long days of calm and bliss, when some light grief her spirit tries, she changes all her love of lies. Young wives are thankless, false in soul, with roving hearts that spawn control. Brooding on sin and quickly changed, in one short hour, their love estranged, not glorious deeds or lineage fair, not knowledge, gift or tender care, in chains of lusting love can bind, a woman's light in constant mind. But those good dames who still maintain, what right, truth, scripture, rule, ordain, no holy thing in their pure eyes, with one beloved husband wise. Nor let thy lord my son condemned, to exile, be by thee contemned, for be he poor or wealthy he, is as a god, dear child, to thee. When Sita heard Cauchelia's speech, her duty and her gain to teach, she joined her palms with reverent grace, and gave her answer face to face. All will I do, forgetting not, which thou, O honoured queen, hast taught, I know have hard and deep have stored the rules of duty to my lord. Not me, good queen, shouldst thou include among the faithless multitude, its own sweet light the moon shall leave, ere I to duty cease to cleave. The stringless lute gives forth no strain, the willless car is urged in vain, no joy a lordless dame although, blessed with a hundred sons, can know. From father, brother, and from son, immediate share of joy is one, who would not honour, love, and bless her lord, whose gifts are measureless. The strain to think I hold in awe, Scripture's command and duty's law, him can I hold in slight esteem, her lord is woman's God I deem. Cautiously heard the lady's speech, nor failed those words her heart to reach, then pure in mind she gave to flow, the tear that sprang of joy and war. Then duteous Rama forward came, and stood before the honoured dame, and joining reverent hands addressed, the queen in rank above the rest. O mother, from these tears refrain, look on my sire and steal thy pain. To thee my days afar shall fly, as if sweet slumber closed thine eye, and fourteen years of exile seem to thee, dear mother, like a dream. On me returning safe and well, God by my friends thine eyes shall dwell. Thus for their deep affection's sake, the hero to his mother spake. Ten to the half seven hundred two, wives of his sire, paid reverence due. Thus Dasarath's son addressed, the crowd of matrons saw distressed. If from these lips, while here I dwelt, one heedless taunt you ever felt, forgive me, pray, and now adieu, I bid good-bye to all of you. Then straight, like Kalyu's cries, up went, the voices of their wild lament, while as bade farewell, the crowd, of royal women wept aloud, and through the ample hall's extent, where asked the sound of tabor blend, with drum and shrill-toned instrument, in joyous concert rose, now rang the sound of wailing high, the lamentation and the cry, the shriek, the choking sob, the sigh, that told the ladies' woes. End of Cantos 37, 38, and 39